When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas podcast. My name's Daniel. My name's Carl Anker. Hope, I think, is doing a member's hangout. His schedule's all crazy because he's supposed to be on vacation. But the man is never really on vacation. There's no such thing as vacations, I hope. So I, th- I feel like in the six, seven years we've done this, I feel like he's gone on actual vacation once. The dude doesn't take breaks. No. He, he talks himself into thinking he takes breaks, but they're not really breaks. But either way. So if he shows up in the next hour or so, he'll be here. But um, in the meantime, we do have Carl Anker from The Athletic. Carl, where can people follow your stuff? You can find me on the athletic you can uh f- oh no hang on most of these podcasts are taking the summer off is it um, yeah european football season is over so i'll be writing about uh possible transfer news new, possible transfer news updates on manchester united's possible takeover uh, and, and other ramblings yeah now european football men's football i should say mm. has uh gone into the off season i've got what resembles or what might resemble a more regular working schedule of nine to fives, Mondays to Fridays. This is how I've got time. <laughs> you know, I've been tweeting more about computer games and uh, books because I finally have time to do those things. Well, okay. All right. Do you know what? That might be a conversation for another extra. So we'll just, we'll just put the, put the brakes on that one. Um, Cause I could just talk about anything except football for like the next hour. Oh man. Like we, we should definitely do it. <laughs> we should definitely do an app on um, Spider-Verse when you, when you've seen it. All right. Oh, half hope seen it. I don't know what he. Th- well, I know kind of what he thinks, but you know, I'll I'll watch it when it comes on streaming or whatever. I I, rec- I recommend watching the cinema, man. Like it's... I, I hate going to the theater, man. Oh, you're gonna... I, uh, fair enough. Watching a film with a bunch of people coughing, eating food, like the sound of people chewing popcorn while I'm trying to focus on dialogue. Just it, it to use your your guys, it does my head in. So you can follow me at Danny to look. Carl's links will be in the description. Let's just get into the pod this week. And and if you want to know what we think about Jokic and those guys winning an NBA championship, feel free to check us out on Patreon, where you can get the full podcast unedited as soon as we finish. There you go. So Manchester City have won a treble. There was a mm-hmm. Champions League final on Saturday. Yeah, Half Hope and I talked about the final at the end of last week's show. I said something to something to the effect of Inter are going to know their job. In the sense of, if you look at what Madrid were trying to do in the semifinal, they, they didn't give Manchester City enough respect, and they tried to play their own game, and it made Luka Modric basically the only man in midfield. <laughs> Benzema and Vinicius were kind of just doing their own thing. Like There wasn't enough organization for Real Madrid to actually 
trouble Manchester City. And that, you know, I think they lost the second leg 4-0. Inter, we're going to look at what City have done all season and say the only way we can beat these guys is if we're smart, if we keep things contained. And it was always going to make that final, on top of it just being a Champions League final, it was going to make the game more difficult. So I, I saw a lot of people saying that, oh, City, they could be up 3-0 at halftime. It could be a 4-1 final. It could be this, it could be that. I was like, it might, maybe they score twice. Maybe. And my, my, my final score was 2-1 Manchester City. But like a 2-1 where you think, man, City dominated them. But it's still going to be close and kind of contained. To my surprise, it was way more close than I thought it would be. I knew Inter wouldn't be as silly as to go toe-to-toe with, with, with Manchester City. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do that and expect to win. They have the better players. They're better coached. They're in better form. Like, everything would say, if we give them space, they'll, they'll open us up. So Inter, I felt like they played the perfect game. They played the game that they had to play if they wanted to win, which obviously they did. But they just couldn't score. They did everything right. They, they, they held Manchester City over 90 minutes to one goal. And it was a goal that wasn't even like, oh, man. Like It was just one really kind of crazy moment from Rodri. And that was the one moment that beat them, not closing out or, or not closing the space or not getting the block or whatever it was. Actually, one Akanji through ball mm-hmm. to Bernardo Silva is what mm-hmm. loses you a final. Is kind of nuts. But how do you think Inter did given what they were up against? Perfect. Mm. Or as close to perfect. Good job. Like they, they did everything that they were supposed to do and they executed that to 85% completion. There was an interesting bit on UK comms where Fletch said, the interesting thing about Inter Milan, or the, the good thing about Inter Milan is it's not so much they're playing a style of football just because they're playing Manchester City. This is how Inter Milan want to play football anyway. And that just happens to be very well suited to playing as Manchester City. So, you know, being a Manchester United fan and being a Manchester United report, I've read a lot about Inter Milan. Uh, and, you know, you're sort of willing yourself into believing they can do it. And the big thing that I kept talking, people kept talking about was the fact Inter play two up top. And there are not many top teams in Europe that still play two up top. Also, the interesting thing about Inter's top two is Martinez and Enzeco are both big guys, fit, physical people. Um, and Inter Milan's wingbacks, uh, although I've, you know, I've spoken loads of times about Dumfries, um, they're both very, very, very aggressive. And they both really, you know, they, they're two players that want to play in the final third and also have the athleticism to get back. So you saw in the first 20 minutes, first half hour even, you've got, you know, Inter went man for man in midfield, Darmian and Bastoni also jumping up really, really quickly to go on Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. And the plan seemed to be they just wanted to get De Bruyne out of that right channel so they could double up on a Kanji and get uh, Di Lorenzo really aggressively in the final third and pull those crosses around for one of Dzeko or Dumfries. Man City's XG, you know, the amount of chances they had was was really low in that first half an hour. And then when De Bruyne goes off with an injury, you're thinking, oh, maybe this could be it. The problem was obviously Inter couldn't manufacture great, go- no, good, two great goal scoring chances of their own. And by the time they did, which is when, you know, Lukaku, Lukaku came on and stretched to play even more. Um, those chances ended up being blocked or, you know, it's that thing of just the, the rub of the green wasn't that way. The chance in the first half was, it's eerily similar to something that I've always, okay, Chelsea beat Manchester City 
in 20 what what, what year was that 2000 2021 champions league final 21 21 okay they, they beat them in 21 one nil how do i say this without chelsea fans i actually i don't care if you guys get mad at me it was a fluke chelsea <laughs> won that final no, on a wasn't. fluke now I, I will tell you how it was a fluke the goal itself was a fluke so mendy passes out to Chilwell. Chilwell finds Mason Mount. Mount sends a through ball to Havertz. Havertz is breaking his neck trying to get onto this through ball. And Edison comes out and he gets the ball, but it bounces. Like Havertz take a, takes a touch and the ball hits Edison. But if Edison didn't run out of his goal, Havertz, his first touch, he basically he would have kicked the ball either out or Edison just scoops it up. But because Edison ran out, the ball broke kindly for Havertz, and then Havertz just slots it in 1-0. Chelsea has something to hold on to. There's some Rudiger blocks, some Christensen blocks, etc. Chelsea win 1-0. There you go. Something similar happened in the first half with Inter, where Edison, who I think he played one game all month because, you know, they were playing their second goalkeeper in FA Cups yep. and this and that. I guess maybe trying to get people medals or whatever it is. Edison made two mistakes in the first half. I don't recall the first one, but there was one where it's like, ooh, that was a bit, ah, a ball was looped up and Martinez was like, ooh, may maybe this stays in. And Edison didn't claim it. It went out for a corner, I think. But there was, a, there was another opportunity where Edison again rushes out when he doesn't have to, misses the ball, and Barella has an open goal. It was that Havertz moment where if you score 1-0 and you know you have something to hold on to, this game mm -hmm. becomes completely different. Maybe Manchester City hit a, a different gear that they didn't really have to step into. Maybe maybe that happens. But also Inter might have a different level or defensive commitment or, or whatever a goal first for Inter would have done to the match. But it was that Havertz moment. Where as in you you saying uh, the the rub of the green or the luck whatever it was it just wasn't with Inter to where you had the opening, Ederson gave it to you. Maybe it's on Barella's left foot. Maybe I don't know if he's not confident from that. He's not a striker or anything. Havertz is in a in a better place because that's how he plays. But the goal was open. He just needed to put it on target. Like Ederson was in no man's land, which he kind of tends to get into sometimes. So that was, that was their moment. That was their Havertz moment where you can almost fluke a goal based on bad, <laughs> bad goalkeeping decisions. Fluke, fluke's not the great, great word for it, right? Chelsea won that Champions League final in 2021 because Pep biffed it in the lineup, right? In dropping Rodri, Pep gave you the massive advantage. And then N'Golo Kante played out his goddamn mind. He won the ball eight times in midfield that day. In that Champions League run, Gundogan was the best midfielder Man City had and was playing his really nice attacking role. And then in that final, mm -hmm. Pep drops Pep drops he, Rodri. He played, puts played Gundogan, the deepest role, yeah. Puts Gundogan as the deepest midfielder. And you're like, why? But that's why the space was there for Mount The space is there. The space is there. That one, you know, he starts Mares as well. That one opportunity to, to, to break forward Chelsea get and they capitalize and, it, and they win. And that's, what, that's no, how but like, the my, my, you my, can't, my I don't want to say, fluke's the wrong word for it because Finals are very different from league football and other and other games of football. Fluke, fluke in and the sense you are of correct. Hang that Havertz chance wasn't me going. To, I mean, you're correcting my use of fluke. I, I just want to make sure you're understanding me correctly. The Havertz touch is going out of bounds. The fluke is how the ball broke. That's yes, that's my go. use. Of how it. the how the ball breaks is a very very good way of explaining it. And the way the ball broke broke for Inter Milan was very different from how it broke for Chelsea. However, 
I don't I I I don't think the way the ball broke was the only reason why Chelsea won that championship. <laughs> they were I I genuinely think I genuinely think Asterix, I'm a Manchester United fan. Like Chelsea were the better team that day. They were a better team that day. They had the better players. Kevin De Bruyne goes off with a massive concussion, and that's that. Whereas this time, oh, Kevin De Bruyne has to go off. Here's Phil Foden. And right. you know, Man City's game plan is amazing because they, you know, the way Pep Guardiola has figured out this three-two-four-one system with these three very, very, very tall centre backs and John Stones pushing up to be at number eight next to Rodri as well means they are just so much stronger against those counter-attacking moments that Chelsea scored from and other teams scored from in 2021. Right? This City team is better than the City team of 2021 and this City team is much stronger at the one thing City were weak against in 2021. And even though Inter Milan had a very good game plan, mm-hmm. the ball didn't break the, wrong, the right way for them. And unfortunately, the, the joke or the person left holding the bag for Inter Milan in that final was Lukaku. Should we talk about Lukaku now? Okay. <laughs> now, people are going to say, Daniel, you're just doing this because he's black. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Maybe I do have a bias. However, if it was Lukaku's fault, I want you to explain to me. Which and one? Not when, when if... the, this is the bad thing about Lukaku. We have to go, which one? And No, just, okay. The, the block that, that he got in DeMarco's way. Yeah, isn't isn't that on the person who's heading it? Like not to head it to the like. There's a person the, in front so, of you. So the block on Demarco's way, that's not Lukaku's fault because also Ed, uh, Diaz has that covered. So that's not exactly. Going. It's going to get cleared off the line. That's nothing. The missed header in the 88th minute, I think it was. <sighs> should we call it missed? We should call it saved. Sure. I'm just using what what the timeline would say. All right. Okay. Now again, people are going to say Daniel, you're doing this. Because he's an African. Maybe, maybe, fine, sure, you got me. You Can caught I... me red handed. We're um, doing this because Lukaku unfortunately gets into these situations a lot. Listen, Lukaku, for whatever reason, has become the main character of football. And so so be it. But you can hear the, the opposite opinion everywhere. I'm going to give you what I think and what I thought in real time. The ball gets looped over to, I think, I don't know if it was Bastonia or whoever it was. He cro- he 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 puts in a cross towards the middle of the of the goal, and I'm thinking that ball doesn't have much pace on it. So the person mm-hmm. who's heading it is going to have to generate the power. Mm-hmm. Lukaku does that. He generates power, and he does what every striker in the history of football has been told to do: head the ball down. That's what he did. He mm-hmm. generated power from a looped ball. He headed yep. it down. He generated power. If he tries to go really back across Edison, I think Edison saves it. If he tries, if he tries to head it towards his right, and I've seen this happen to him, it's happened with Chelsea. Maybe it grazes off his head and it goes far. So he did what he was supposed to do: get the ball on target, head it mm-hmm. downwards. It just so happens that Edison knows the ball's probably coming somewhere in this region, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if Edison knows too much about the save, but the ball no. hits him. No, he doesn't. Now, you could say because of where it was on the pitch that it has to be a goal but i don't think anything has to be a goal so i would like to know what exactly did do what exactly did lukaku do wrong obviously he didn't do it right otherwise he scores but what was it that he did wrong based on what his training and life's work has been i generate power i head the ball down it's on target i've spoken to more than one 
professional football player or ex-professional football player. This is what I've I need talked, to know. I've spoken to more than one striker about this. Um, more than one, you know, more than one striker who's played in the Premier League and played in European competition, all retired. What they have explained to me is, yes, as a civilian, or as a civilian, you and I, that situation, just get that thing on target. Everything you've explained, do that, right? But if you are a striker who is playing in the Champions League final, which is you know, the pinnacle of European football and perhaps the pinnacle of world club football, or perhaps the pinnacle of whatever football, you can't just head, you just, you cannot just get that on target. And we are all fortunate or, or the fact that we all think if you just get that on target, you're fine. That shows the difference between us and the people that score winning goals in Champions League finals. And and that's the difference, right? And that's the, that's the difficulty for Lukaku is that most, I'd say, you know, 99.9999999999999999995% of strikers see that header in that situation go, I just got to get this on target. However, there is a 0.00005% and not 0.1. This is the annoying thing. It's not as, you know, infinite 0.1, but an infinite point maybe five that of strikers that see that situation go, I've got to put this where the goalkeeper cannot get this. Uh, or to put it another way, do you think Karen Benzema in that situation goes, I've just got to get this on target? I don't know if Kareem tries to head it. I think maybe he lets it come down and maybe see? tries to get see? it in with his right? knee or something but like that. Like, that's the that's the the like the tiny infinite tenths of a second of you and me who in that situation. So that situation happens to me, I'm just going head the ball. I'm not even thinking head it down to generate power. I'm just going, I'm going, I gotta make contact. He you perhaps didn't, yeah. more training go, I oh, this is a looping one. I've got to generate power, I'm gonna hit this down. Slightly better striker's thinking if I do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And Lukaku and a number of football players who probably have played in, in, you know, can play all the way up to the Premier League and perhaps can play all the way up to uh, the top six, right? Can go, or, you know, can you know, win a Europa League, go just looping at a head it down. But there's that tiny, tiny percentage of strikers. The And this is the difficult thing about Lukaku. And this is why Lukaku has become a main character. It's because when Lukaku speaks, he considers himself in that <laughs> tiny fraction of a percentage of strikers, right? Mm-hmm. Lukaku... Lukaku, when Lukaku speaks, he wants to be considered in the same breath as Benzema, in the same breath as Suarez, in the same breath as Ibra, in the same breath as Cavani. But he's not, unfortunately. He's really close, though. He's really close. He's really, really close. And the really sad part is he's worked so hard to get right up to that wall. And because he's so talented, because he's so hardworking, and because he just has that Lukaku-ness, he is going to get those opportunities to cross over into that section, but but for reasons that we can never quite, you know, you can call it luck, you can call it juju, you can call it bad technique, <laughs> you can call it whatever you want, but this just keeps happening to him, you know? it. We just keep having those moments where at a time when, it, you know, it should be Lukaku takes over and you go, that's the Lukaku game. It doesn't happen. And I think this is why when Belgium got knocked out of the World Cup, Lukaku missed all those chances in the group stage, in the final group stage game. And it cut to it cut to Alan Shearer and Didier Drogba in the BBC. And they were just like, they didn't dig him out. They were going, I feel so bad for him. And they were, you know, Drogba, there was a bit where Drogba was explaining everything Lukaku did wrong. 
he's doing this, he stood too square, his feet are a bit slow. And then Jog went, but you have to understand, he's just come back from injury, he's not fully fit. I wouldn't expect a striker to do this after they've just come back from injury. However, this is what I'd do if I was fully fit. Do you remember Henri? This is it. Yeah. There was like no words, it seemed. It was just like like an unspoken, just like, damn, just sadness. You're not the guy. And it's a shame because you really want to be the guy. And by all accounts, you're a a good person. And a lot of people who are the guy want you to be the guy. Right? You know? Thierry Henry very clearly wants Lukaku to be the guy. Hmm. Drogba Drogba, very clearly wanted Lukaku to be the guy. There was a point in time where Mourinho wanted Lukaku to be the guy. Um, And before they had nasty beef, it looked as if Ibra wanted Lukaku to be the guy as well. But he's not. I did forget one thing. Yeah. Was it Akanji who was in front of Lukaku who jumped? I can't remember that bit. The looped cross is coming. It's not like looped is a bit. I'm giving Lukaku like some credit here. Like there was there was enough pace on it to generate pace, but it, it wasn't like a bullet cross that, that that he was trying to head in. But someone jumped in front of him. I, I think it was a kanji. It was, it was either a kanji or ake, or maybe it was Rodri, one of the olive skinned participants. And I was thinking maybe he, he got in his line of vision and Lukaku didn't know if this defender touches it. So like that, that split second where maybe you're deciding where am I putting this? He's probably also thinking, am I even going to get a chance to head it? Even with all of that context that I give, people are trying to hear that. It's from, it's from five yards out. If you are who you say you are, and if you are who we believe you should be, then you make it. And there's no conversation. There's no Daniel like, oh, this could happen. And I don't know. Maybe he saw three footballs because he got hit. Like, no, just make it. I want to give a bail. He's my guy. Like, I like him. I like Lukaku. I like his vibe. I like his energy. He seems like a cool person. So I'm not going to be one of the people to just come on and slate him. But if I'm being objective, make it. And I don't know how you make it because I'm not a professional footballer who's getting be paid millions or whatever it is. But you so should when, know. When the, when the block so happened, when the block happened, and again, DS has that covered. When the block happened, I, t- I tweeted in all caps, not again, Lukaku. No. <laughs> and it wasn't a... Not again, isn't your rubbish? But I was like, no, not again, because I know, you know, we're speaking as black people. We know what happens, right? And and this, I didn't look at his Instagram, but I'm sure there's monkeys, there's bananas, there's poop emojis, there's you know the stuff. Because because Lukaku and you say it, you said right there because you know the person he wants to be and a person that a lot of us want him to be. And unless and he's stuck, he's truly stuck. That Chelsea move completely balked. We don't know about Inter Milan's finances again. Inter Milan, okay, you won the Coppa Italia, but now Lukaku's uh, a bench player behind, Ed, you know, a 35-year-old Edin Dzeko. Lukaku, how old is Lukaku now? 20, 28? 30, 31, 30, 31. The, the Chelsea signing should, should have been his last big one, right? He was, he was, he was he's, he's, he's born in 93, so he's, he's right? 30, I think. He's 30. So he's 30, and this is it. Is Lukaku going to get better as a football player now? No. The chances are no, because he's, you know, he's... We've seen the best of Lukaku. We've seen the best of Lukaku. Uh, uh, that makes me sad because, you know, the, mm. the way the ball bounces, the way something else happens, he, he could have been... Lukaku should be someone's cult hero. And unfortunately, some of it self-inflicted and some of it for reasons outside of him, he's never been at anywhere long enough or never, you know, had enough time or whatever to put together the exclusive body of work that we can all go, that guy, 
that guy is the guy. I mean, even even one of his best phases he had at Inter Milan, the first time when he wasn't a lone player, was behind closed doors as well, which made me sad. But yeah. you know, and then when he finally does win the Scudetto, he leaves <laughs> because. And it's just ah, oh, if he, and I really feel if he, if he hadn't left, I think Inter would have gone back to back instead of AC winning the title. Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The the other chance that Inter had, so there were three big ones. There was the open goal that Barella had. There was the Lukaku header, but then there was also the Lutaro Martinez opportunity where he could have cut it back to Lukaku on his left foot and he didn't. He went for a shot. I don't know what kind of shot he was thinking. Because if you go and you watch that again, Edison again, he gives up the five hole, as they say in hockey. Like, he could have gone between his legs, the nutmeg. Like, that was right mm-hmm. there for him. Um, and then, again, those split decision... The, that's it. The the split decision. The, the final four, 30 seconds. You know, that last corner whips it in. Robert Gilson's gets I never gets saw a replay. In. I never saw it the replay. Done. They just went straight done. to it's, celebration. It's an, incredible, it's an incredible save from Edison. He made two really good ones. I forget the first I, one that I, he made. But I, oh, Nana, to, by the way. Yo. <laughs> yo. Yo. <laughs> He's him. <laughs> to, 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 to go behind the magician's curtain a little bit. I, so I worked the Champions League final for the Athletic. Mm-hmm. And we were doing an on-whistle piece. Uh, and the way, we, the way we do our on-whistle pieces at the Athletic is you, you will get a big Google document. You watch the game. Uh, and then at halftime... The editor comes in and assigns you a bullet point, and you have to write up, you know, one hundred to two hundred words about that bullet point by full time. And you've got your opt to feed, and you've got all that stuff. And the idea is, you know, half time, this is what we think will be the big relevant things. And then at sixty five minutes, we update that with the bullet points. And at seventy five minutes, we update it again. And then once you hit that eighty minute period, you just tighten it, get your visualizations in, go, 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 go. Um, now the athletic you know, has like four people doing it at the same time, whereas most companies have one person doing that i'm very much respectful for anyone that's a match report for full time and there was a bit what i got assigned to write about onana a half time just say you know the guy's him he's a playmaker you know he's he's the badger in gold gloves he, he can left foot right foot <laughs> left foot right foot outside the area puts his foot on the board invites the press there was one bit where he had a slice through ball out to the right hand side yo and yo and I, anyway, I just went, I don't know. I said, I don't know if this is because I've been starved because I've been watching De Gea <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or what, but like goalkeepers aren't meant to be doing that. And so on. Yeah. No, goalkeepers no, no. aren't meant to be doing that. And he's, he's, he's ridiculous. Do you know, he, like is... he did this one thing where I was like, yo, what is Rigoberto's song talking about? This is it. This is what I said. I started thinking to myself, man, what is it? what's going on at Cameroon? Because remember they dropped him. What did he do to make Rickaba song that mad? <laughs> you know, I've been watching the Boondocks of Max. <laughs> I have the full context for that. <laughs> but I was like, yo, this guy, he's like, this is what the evolution of goalkeepers is meant to be like. He has, yo, Foden had this shot mm-hmm. in the second half 
and the the preciseness and the quickness of his reflexes to pounce on where the ball was going was so it looked like he had Michael's secret stuff away. Like whatever. How did you maybe he guessed? But I don't think he guessed. I think he saw the ball was going there and it was like in slow motion, like over the hedge when the squirrel got the juice. Like, I don't know what happened, but it was just, it was second. And he pounced on it. And then it's like, so he can do that stuff Uh plus the distribution stuff. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, as, as, as someone who's close to the Netherlands or whatnot, can you remind me what exactly happened at Ajax? Like, oh. was he did was he in trouble? Like, he was in trouble for something, was, but was that was not ban. real? It was a drug ban. He was he was just, he was banned from all sport for mm-hmm. a year, maybe even longer, be, because he he tested positive for a illegal substance. Is that why he's good? Is this like Messi? <laughs> now, Onana's defense. And the reason why his suspension suspension from football was you know, it was one of those you know, we we throw the book at you and say you're suspended for this many years and then he take you know he takes it to an appeal and he explains his case and they go okay fair enough this this makes reasonable sense well um, and mm-hmm. Onana's defense was he drank some water containing he, uh, he drank some he absentmindedly drank some water in his house uh, not realizing that it contained some of his wife's pregnancy medication. Oh, uh, and that that was that was the, the I, you know, I might be fudging some of the details in terms of the time of how long he was suspended and whatnot, but that was that was his defense. His defense was he drank some water or he, he consumed something in his household that he didn't you know he that he didn't un, truly understand was for his wife and his wife was pregnant at the time and the thing contained some hormonal. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing, the thing contains. I'm sorry, same. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, just quickly, uh, Doctor Umar would be happy. Yeah, if you looked up his wife. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I was just curious. I was like, wait, let me, let me. Yeah, let me the thing, the key, the thing. Doctor Umar would approve. It, <laughs> in fact, what I'll do now is he, he wrote about it on the Players Tribune just before Afcon. Oh, okay. So um, I will get this up. But yes, that that was why he was suspended for. All right, so some some vitamin mishap, I guess. Yes. Oh, yes. supplement mishap. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha, uh, that, that, gotcha. that is that is Onana's version of the truth, and that is the version <laughs> of the truth, and that is the version of the truth that was accepted by the court of arbitration, and that is why he's playing football again. Right. Uh, I will believe his version. Why? That is also why he plays for Inter Milan, and he didn't have right. a contract renewed by right. Ajax because he just very much wanted out. Did Did I read it's a race between uh, yourself and myself for Possibly. his services? Although I do understand that yourself, being Chelsea, are interested in Magic Mike, Mike Manningan from uh, AC Milan. However, mm. I will say, if you are trying to buy the AC Milan goalkeeper, you will probably have to set a world record to buy him. What? Uh, for keepers or just in general? A world record for goalkeepers. Okay. okay, okay. What is the world? Oh, Chelsea are no strangers to there that. You go. I believe they do have, they already have that record in uh, mm-hmm. Monsieur Kepa. So get, get, get rid Hey man, what happened to Mindy, man? I'm sick. That is Mindy. that is really concerning because it wasn't just that Mendy was a good shot stopper, but also he was good with his feet too. This is what I told HH last week. If you're De Gea and Mendy and like Hugo Lloris, like people who are prided on their shot stopping reflexes, 
and kind of we won't speak about your distribution. Once you lose the reflexes and shot, shot stopping ability, this came out because of the Gundogan goals. Mm-hmm. What is your point? <laughs> like you're being paid, but like if you're not doing the thing that you're paid to do, and now we have to deal with your wayward distribution. It's like, uh, why are you here? If Mendy is on a downturn, it was an amazing peak. It was. It was it a great really story was. and an amazing peak. Yes. And if it, if it is the downturn, then okay, fine. But you know, his God, story is perfect was, for a Disney movie. He was he was glorious for that eighteen month spell. Wasn't his he? story is perfect for like one of those Disney yeah. movies Absolutely. where like he's and now the problem with the Disney movie is there's probably going to be like the white savior that like <laughs> finds him in the grocery because he was like a grocer, like he was like a grocery yeah. bagger. So there's going to be some coach that's like, yo, what do you do? Do you play basketball? No, I'm a goalie. Oh, I'm a this of that. And then he gets saved um, <laughs> by some Brad Pitt character. Um, what? Whoa, whoa. I, you put Brad Pitt in there because he was in 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think I didn't see that? I was like, you might get it. Well, okay. Um, no, but like, do, do you know what, what I really want is that actually I want Mindy to go to Juventus. And and okay. I know what I'm saying here is the you know let's put all black people in Italy like that, that's his own danger, but you would have Onana with Inter, you'd have mm-hmm. Manya with AC Milan and Mendy with Juventus. Like the big three would have African goalkeepers. That'd be fun. But anyway, we're gonna take our break and we will be back to talk about trebles and Mbappe. Carl, yeah, there was a there was a moment in time where Manchester United were the only team in England, I believe, a Premier League team to have won like a proper treble. You guys now have company. And it's your noisy neighbors, according to Sir Alex. So mm-hmm. we've we've discussed, you know, Lukaku of it and all of that. But let's talk about the winners. Yep. Yeah, they won everything except Community Shield. Who cares about that? Nathan, Nathan so, Jones. Nathan Jones stopped them from winning the League Cup. <laughs> Ain't that something. Ain't that something. So yeah, trouble. Um, what do you make of the trouble? And you know, we've talked about this, I think, since the beginning of the pod, where you you said something to the effect of like, Manchester City are building a brand to where in ten years, little kids in Argentina will want to be Manchester City players rather than being Barcelona or Real Madrid players mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. I think we're at that point now, where kids have grown up. City is legit their team, and they're like teenagers or in their 20s. So, yeah, what do you make of them winning the treble and kind of crowning that process? We said this very early on in talk talk of in talking tactics. Sorry, it's all the same except the money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. We said this very early on. You know, talking tactics started in 2016, roughly, and we Ooh. talked about some of those weird city champions league eliminations against you know Leon. monaco and yeah you know leo and whatnot and you said it about chelsea you said it took chelsea a decade to to win the champions league ish you said you know they they started becoming a top 4 team in, in 2004 2005 2006 and it took them 10 years and that's just that's just what it does lo and behold 10ish years it's pretty much 10 years since being taken over they've done it so we we knew this was likely to happen. It was likely to be a case of this is more like fifteen, bro. Yeah, tell a lie. Yeah, because like twenty twelve, they won the league. So yeah, yeah it must yeah. have been like a few. But yeah, yeah, yeah. around yeah, so the 10, 15. 10, 10, 15 years. Um, and we, you know, 
we knew this was in the post and we knew this mm-hmm. was definitely in the post when Pep turned up. And I think it's very important to say there's a difference between Manchester City having the money and Manchester City having the money and Pep. Now, Pep, Pep doesn't turn up at Man City unless City have the money. Let's make that very, very clear. And you know, the reason City are so much better than everyone else in Europe is because of Pep and because everything at Manchester City is designed to Pep's exact specifications. And the reason why this City team is good in 2023 when they were slightly vulnerable in 2021 is because Pep went, hmm, how do I make this team super effective against counterattacks? Let's try three centre-backs. Uh, let's make one of these centre-backs Nathan Ake. Let's make one of these centre-backs Akanji. Yeah, how do I increase press resistance from deep lying areas. Well, I've got Rodri. I could, you know, I've got Calvin Phillips, but if Calvin Phillips doesn't figure it out, okay, I'm going to turn John Stones into a press resistant inverted midfielder from deep. And you know, we were mean about John Stones on this podcast in our early episodes. Very, very mean. Listeners remember, there's, there's a bit where I went before we knew John Stones was John Stones. And now look at him. He's, Legit Barnsley Beckenbauer, bro. He's legit Barnsley Beckenbauer, and there, is, there are. It's not. It's not preposterous to say he should be on the top thirty shortlist for the Ballon d'Or. I don't no. think he'll. I don't think he'll get there because you know defenders rarely get voted there. But and his name is, is John Stones. Like, come on, like, come on. He, he would have legit. to have some Italian or I don't know Brazilian something in order for us to really rate him. But like the the, the game is legit. He's legitimately one of the best football players in the world right now. He's not one, but he wouldn't be one of the best football players in the world. He wouldn't be this good if he was playing for anyone else. He'd be mm. good. He wouldn't be this good. And it takes Pep Guardiola to figure this out. So we knew the Champions League win would come one day. And I think we should just sort of split things. Like We always knew one day City would win this Champions League because they have the money. And when Pep came up, came, we went, okay, this is just going to keep coming and keep coming. And okay, the ways they kept failing were, were interesting and whatnot. But by the 2021 final, we started talking about Pep overcomplicating things. So when he thought, you know, if Pep just figures that out, it's done. And he, he did, he figured out. He, he figured out how to not complicate things by, by playing this very, very good, almost WM style system. Do you know the one over, okay, let me just ask the question rather than statement. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kyle Walker's omission was an overcoach or because they won, it's okay? No, I don't think it was overcoach. I think it, it totally made sense of you know the, what, what Pep said recently about Kyle Walker, about how they want to play this three centre-backs at the back. Three centre-backs at the back, sorry. <laughs> how they want to play the system. Walker, while very good playing as a conventional fullback, isn't well suited to it. There were some group chats that I had, just quickly, where it's like, yo, why did he drop Walker? Why did he drop Walker, man? Because who's... Who's going to deal with whatever the wide players are? Yeah, like, who's yeah, who's, yeah. who's going to deal with that? And I was like, you know, Pep has effectively called Walker like kind of dumb or dim relative to what he needs in those positions. Yeah. Maybe it's not a critique necessarily of Walker's intelligence and more so uh, praising other players. And maybe that's just how it comes across from Pep. It's just like Akanji and Ake and Stones. They're better able to understand what I need them to do relative to Walker, which then makes Walker seem like he's dumb. I think that's probably what that there there are probably some tactical things that Pep just trusts other players more than Walker, even though Walker is objectively good in the the raw nuts and bolts of defending. Like you wouldn't drop him against Madrid with Vinicius because you understand what's necessary there. 
but in a more probably tactical game where there isn't one of those star wide players. And, you know, you obviously have Jekko and Martinez, like there's no, there's no Vinicius, there's no Mbappe, there's nobody out there on the, on the wing that you really need to worry about like that. So I'm like, maybe Pep's just like, I need someone smarter. I'll tell you this. One of the, uh, I don't the, know if the, I like that. Not, not smart. Just, I need, I need, I need different specification. One of the big, one of the, but the specifications I was, are I mental. Was, <laughs> I was mildly annoyed that Carl Walker started the FA Cup final. Why? Because we know, we know that in these re- in, in the games that Pep considers the super, 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 duper big games, Carl Walker doesn't play. He goes three, two, four, one. He so had his backup goalkeeper, and that was the final. obvious point. But was it? What's his name? Was his name Ortega? Start, Stefan like, Ortega. The fact that he, you know, Walker started <laughs> in a conventional four, in a conventional back four, and Ortega started. That was a oh raw Pep doesn't rate us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's that's why I was mildly annoyed. But this this is this is it, right? This this th- just think about how absurd that is. Kevin De Bruyne went off injured, and you brought on Phil Foden. I don't know if that's that big of a loss. Like it's it's a this loss, it. but it's not think, that huge. Think about how many teams Mares didn't even play. Think about that. Think about how strong this squad is. You know what I do for Mares just to watch Mares week in week out, and he doesn't play at City. This is it. Or at least he's not playing now. Not that he hasn't this played. This, like he this, won them the league last season. Effectively. Now, okay, I'll put it to you this. I'll put it to you this way. At what point did you? At what point during this Champions League campaign did you go? Oh, this is City's. Mm, since the round of sixteen. Round of sixteen is Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah. So and then put, Bayern they put... certainly they played Bayern in the quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since then. So since the round of sixteen, you went. This is it. It's done. The the only chance I gave was to Madrid, but it was obvious. Basically, after Vinicius's goal, where I got up and I screamed, but it's at, like that was the only time I thought, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like, what would have hope say? Like, uh, what 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 tax would be used here? Legacy tax. There we go. <laughs> like, oh yes, say, the, you know, the, Real Madrid is Real Madrid's birthday. The Madrid right? legacy tax, but then Kevin De Bruyne hit that one where like the ball barely got off the floor, but like it stayed at a certain yep. height. I was like, okay, no, 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 it's fine. And then second leg at the Etihad where they hadn't lost all year. So there was one moment, and it was when they were losing 1-0 to Madrid where I was like, oh, okay, legacy tax. But other than that, I've been pretty consistent and then I thought this was City's year. I don't know who I picked at the beginning, but... There was a point watching the Bayern Munich game where Sane got on the ball and he just started, you know, it looked like a counter-attacking thing. He just started running. I remember Stones just bullied him off it. I just went, they're so tall now. I always say there's a certain bit in football analysis where a team becomes so good at a certain thing that you sound like an idiot when you describe them. So-and-so is really, you know, Kylian Mbappe is really, really fast. <laughs> Which is correct, but also it feels like you're doing him for the service. But the easiest way to describe Kylian Mbappe is to say he's really, really fast. Um, and the thing about the City team is that's the tallest Pep team I've ever seen. Like yeah. we've seen, we've seen technically adept pep teams. We've seen very, very quick pep teams. This is the first one that I've seen that's just large. They've just got so many six yeah, footers. Halland, Halland's huge. Stones like, is huge. Grealish Kanji's for huge. Grealish for his role. I think Grealish is five eleven, six foot. Yep. And then Rodri, and then all the all, massive. All, all of the defenders are big. And I they're, think even Ake might be five ten, eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, big for a left back. They're so. all massive. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh, just 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 quickly, don't forget your point. 
But I always find it very interesting. And this is more maybe like the, the cultural style of play where Madrid are losing and they need goals. So mm-hmm. then they start going long ball. Inter, they're losing. They start going long ball. And I wonder, one, they're huge. Two, you know, they play in the Premier League, right? Mm-hmm. Like they deal with this week in, week out. Do you remember Pep's first season where they were having trouble with second balls? Yep. They figured it out. There's no worry now about losing the second ball or contesting second balls. One, they got all of the fullbacks out. They brought in new guys. They've got in new center backs, whole new midfield, new goalkeeper. They've worked out second balls. So whenever these teams are losing, like in continental uh, matches, and they just start going route one, I'm like, they're English. <laughs> like they, they have to deal with this again. Yeah. In my mind, it's uh, – what's, what's, what's the team – Burnley, but Burnley yeah. aren't even in the Premier League. But like they have to deal with those kinds of guys on a weekly basis. You're not going to trouble them by putting the ball in the air. But then, how do we play through their press? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you stop the City team because that they're, they're they're quick, they're strong, they're technically adept. They they can use possession as an attacking tool, as a defensive tool. They've got this Haaland drop thing now, where Haaland can now drop, ping it to to De Bruyne, who can then sweep it out to. To, to Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish looks incredible. And the great thing, the annoying thing about City is, and Liverpool fans will tell you this, and we spoke about this before, about they just don't stop. They don't stop. And when you think they've stopped, Pep goes, oh yeah, remember this player? I've been hiding him in the boot for like three months and now he's really, really good because he's downloaded the Pep system. Let's think about how know. people were talking about Jack Grealish last season. Oh, 100 million, absolute waste of money. Pep's turned him into this ridiculous thing. He should be free-flowing this. Did you see how good Grealish was against Real Madrid? He was bullying those defenders against Real Madrid. And, you know, Grealish himself said he didn't have a great final. He played crap. But these last two and three months of Grealish have been amazing. These last two or three months of Gundogan has been amazing. Mm. Bernardo Silva, who was not playing too much football at the start of the season because Mahrez was playing up until the, you know, the Chelsea Mr. Cancelo moment. Chelsea <laughs> Mr. Cancelo moment? The Spurs Mr. Cancelo moment. Mahrez, you know, Mahrez always has a stronger second half of the season. And that's mm. the thing. They can, they, you can have... Six months of they have six months of okay, Maris is going to play, and then six months of Bernardo Silva is going to play. I'm Kyle very Walker's sure. Older than me? Hmm? I'm looking at the age of their team, yeah, and Kyle I'm, Walker is older than me. I'm very sure that you know Calvin Phillips will figure it out next season, and if he doesn't, then John Stones can keep playing there as well, which is just oh, and and if and if Stones doesn't want to play in that role too much, and and Calvin Phillips doesn't figure it out, then it looks like Kovacic is coming. <laughs> So, so what are we doing here? <laughs> so this is the age of their team, and I'll just right. go with the particular. So Edison is twenty nine, Walker's thirty three. So I'll, I'll I'll put one finger up for him. Diaz is twenty six, Stones twenty nine, Ake twenty eight, Laporte twenty nine, but I think he might be on the way out. Um, Akanji's twenty seven, Phillips is twenty seven, Gundogan's thirty two. So he, I think he's leaving. He's younger than me. Interesting. Uh, better facial hair. Um, Jack Grealish, 27. Rodri, 26. De Bruyne, 31. Sneaky, 31. Silva, 28. Silva's a sneaky 28. He's going to be 29 in August. Pretty crazy. Mm. But then Foden, 20, 23. Haaland, 22. Alvarez, 23. They Alvarez and Mares didn't see pitch. Do you know how absurd that is? Alvarez, Alvarez is good enough to start. Everywhere for every else, club. for every other <laughs> like everywhere club, else, right? every other top six club would be improved by having Alvarez your starting striker. Mm. Chelsea it, get it, better with Alvarez. Spurs get better with Alvarez. 
for sure in, in in the starting lineup. Arsenal get better with Alvarez. United jump up how many levels at Alvarez, and he, he's he's just like chilling. So Pep has figured out how, life without Walker, even though mm-hmm. they have him, they figure that out. So that's not really a problem. The only other two that would age out really are De Bruyne, mm-hmm. but I think he can play the way he plays for another three four years, and Gundogan's probably leaving anyway. So the, other than that, the team is sub thirty, and not. And Edison will turn 30 in August. So, and the young players that they have are scary. <laughs> like, yo, if you go on Wikipedia and you look at Foden, it has a, like, it, it, it lists the, the positions they can play. Foden, he has like five positions at the most. It's attacking mid, central mid, left wing, right wing, forward. Like, he can play everywhere you, and anywhere you need him to. Um, so, yeah, like, the, the, the veterans of the squad will be Bernardo Silva. Who might who's, be leaving, but they're trying 29? to Mars is 32, but I'm sure he's gone. So they're going to be a problem. And again, this doesn't even take into consideration the amount of money they have to spend. Yep. And legit money now because they've won three competitions and they've won all these stuff. So you can just, I say legit money now. People would be like, it's always been legit, whatever. But they have earned enough in the last 12 months to be able to re-up if they want to. One, I've I said this before. One thing that I think I said on this podcast: one big difference between City this season and last season, not not on the field but off it, mm. is when I walk around Manchester now, I'm seeing Harlem nine shirts. And this you, is the thing you weren't we talk- seeing that before. No, I was I wasn't seeing. I was seeing City shirts in town, but I wasn't seeing the na- the names and numbers of their players. I was seeing Kevin or Dad. Uh, which was a thing Chelsea had for a while, you know, up until about 2011, 2010. I remember talking, no, sorry, before the 2010 World Cup, I remember Chelsea's third highest selling shirt in 09-10 was Dad. <laughs> and this is this is a big, this is one of the big, you know, Newcastle, Newcastle will have this going forward as well. If if when you look at the you know, highest selling shirts, there's going to be a family member on the back in the top 10, top 20 for a while until they start getting cult heroes who yeah. will never be strikers because strikers sell the most right but that but that's the difference between you being big in your city or big in your country and being big worldwide mm. and you know now when i go well, you know, when you go on holiday in europe and there's the man selling you counterfeit tops you're always going to find a counterfeit real madrid top you're always going to find a counterfeit barcelona top you're always going to find a counterfeit manchester united top you know it took a while but now you find counterfeit chelsea tops perhaps not last season but it was there <laughs> and absolutely now you find counterfeit Manchester City tops and it, what they say on the back is Haaland 9 you know the worst part actually it's not the worst part but my, the most interesting part to me the color is nice I'm sorry there's just yeah, something about sky blue that just it hits it's really bad for business in uh, China Oh, I know, because they like red, because red's... Yeah, yeah they like red and they like roll blue. So that's that's why a lot of Man City's away kits and alternate kits have a little bit of red on Red, yeah, red and blue. But in that, I'm biased because of like the, the North Carolina links. So yeah, like, yeah. That, but like, I, that's, like if, I, if I was me in 2001 now, I might pick City because of how, just purely based on how the kit looked, and my Michael Jordan, North Carolina yo, Tar Heel links. Yo, so. Look, look, I, I'm, I support Man United because in the 97 FA Cup final, you know, they don't have a, enough black players, though. I don't know, I'm thinking about it. It's a very good point. Very, very good point. 
the 96, you know, I, I support Manchester United because the 1996 World, uh, FA Cup final, Manchester United won. And I went to my dad, can I support them? So not not the treble winning season. I was a United mm. fan before the treble winning mm. season. But, you know, if I'm, so I was 96. So I was five years of age. If I'm five years of age now and I'm watching football, I'm probably going, who's that? And they go, Erlen Haaland. Okay. What's he good at? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except hold up play. I'm still I'm still waiting because okay. did 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 you see the video with him and Thierry Henry where he was like, What can I do better? Like, please yeah. tell me. Yeah, and Thierry yeah. was like, the things you do with your left, I'd like to see more on your right, and kind of combining with teammates. I'm like, but don't tell him all the things. Not and I'm sure Haaland already knows this, but it's just good to hear confirmation, I guess. To be clear, now, I do oh, not yeah. regret I do not regret the choice of my football team. And I do not think I I, I do, do not regret the choice of football team. I'm just saying if you're five years, you know, like we said before, if you're five years of age, if you're a kid, if you're anywhere under the age of ten right now mm. and you're not quite into football and you're looking at this Man City team, I'm not gonna get mad at you if you go, I wanna support them. No, no. All right, last last topic. Are you prepared for the summer of Mbappe to United, Mbappe to Madrid, oh. Mbappe to Barca, Mbappe to Neptune, wherever he feels like? I, I, no, it's going to take two years. Oh, do you know what? Okay, sometimes I forget Carl's an actual reporter. What can you tell us legitimately, <laughs> like sometimes actual news wise? Real reporter. Damn, damn. <laughs> It's, in my mind, I'm just talking with my homie Carl, but now, now I need to talk with the Athletics Carl Anka. Okay, w- what can you tell us about Mbappe and the Qatari links with Manchester United buying the club, and whether or not Mbappe is somehow involved in that, or is that just paper talk and it's not worth discussing right now? Okay, right. So let's let's start with with the stuff that we know for sure. Uh, Last night. News came out saying Mbappe at you. You were talking to me. You want you asked me questions. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. But like the way your voice changes, like very yeah. serious. Okay, go, go, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, yesterday, reports came out that Kylian Mbappe had informed Paris Saint Germain that he would not be renewing his contract and that he intended to leave in 2024. Today, today being Tuesday the 13th, so Mbappe today said this. These reports were false, uh, and he said that uh, he did not. He has not had an extra conversation with PSG and that his intention has always been the same. He has a contract. He intends to honor that contract and he very much intends to play where he enjoys, play where he, in a place he enjoys, which is Paris Saint-Germain. So as far as Mbappe is concerned, nothing's changed. He's got a contract for two years. He's going to honor that contract. He's going to play. He's going to be a PSG next year, next year, or in 2023, he'll be a PSG player. Now, the problem is PSG don't want to lose Mbappe for free. And if he's, he's got two years left on his contract, you have to sell him now if you want to make money. Real Madrid were very, very certain they want to sign him, uh, Mbappe for free in 2022. That didn't happen. PSG renewed uh, the 11th hour on this two-year extension premium contract. Mbappe wants to honour that contract. So he'll be, he'll have, so he got one, one year's down this season. The season to come is the second year. And then he, in theory, goes for free. So if you're PSG, you sell them now or you risk losing for free or you spend all of this season trying to get him to renew again. Increase terms to increase if you believe Mbappe is the, the technical director or whatnot. whatnot. Um, so that's the situation as we know it with Mbappe. Now, the Manchester United stuff is where it gets really, really screwy and uh, Monday, 
or late Sunday on Monday, a tweet from an account in Wales that has 300 followers said Qatari, Qatar has won. It, it just said Qatar has won. And when I say it went out on Monday, I want you to read this with the additional, I'm going to add an extra layer here that isn't in any of the articles, but I'm just going to add this layer here. Monday was when the bus parade for the City fans was. Okay, so if you were based in England or you're a Manchester United fan, loads of news, loads of TV was just full of photographs of Man City celebrating the treble and Jack Grealish being really, really drunk. So tweet goes out Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Qatar has won. Loads of smaller accounts of United fans and people with United avies and whatever are going, Qatar's won. Oh my God, Qatar's won. Oh my God, Qatar's won. Then a Qatari newspaper said, congratulations to Sheikh Yassim on winning the bid for Manchester United. This will be announced in the coming days. More talk on social media about Qatar has won. This has happened. Loads of newspapers were saying. So, and then we got in this very, very tricky space where English newspapers were saying, Qatari newspapers were saying, Sheikh Yassim has won. So it wasn't so much English newspapers saying, this has happened, but they're saying, this is what people in Qatar were saying, which is that very annoying thing where you're not actually reporting news you're just reporting what people are talking about without mm. double checking no article from the athletic has gone out and said a bid has been confirmed i'm an athletic employee as far as i'm concerned no bid has been ticked off and been confirmed or whatnot i got a lot of text messages in the last 48 hours saying is it done um no now so many people are talking about this on social media so many people are talking about this openly both you know in real life in manchester and whatnot that the share price of Manchester United began to be affected. It increased massively due to all of this conversation and rumour about Sheikh Yassin buying a club. So then you get to a point where people are going, well, I'm not seeing any official confirmation, but look at the share price. That's gone up. That means something must be happening. And then people are going, well, if something must be happening, I might affect the share price even further. So you get into a situation where we are now. Loads of news spread on Sunday, Monday, that the deal was done. Sheikh Yassim had bought the club and the announcement was coming soon. As far as we know, none of that is true. Hmm. As far as we know. I'm not saying it's nonsense. I'm saying there's been no movement since Friday. And what we know on Friday was Sheikh Yassim made a lucrative offer for the purchase of Manchester United, much closer in terms of the valuation that the Glazers were looking for when they originally put the club up for sale and said, that's it. You know, that, that is my third, not even third, that's my fifth and final offer. If you don't respond on Friday, that's your prerogative, but we will not. We will go no higher than this. Uh, and what we know is Sir Jim Radcliffe, who is the other leading bid, he has not made a counter offer on this Friday bid, but his offer apparently seems to involve the Glazers staying on in some capacity as well. So Yeesh. that's the situation. You've got, you've got a full buyout from Sheikh Yassim in a whatever valuation that we aren't quite sure of that is promising to make the club debt free uh, and then a more a more uh, <laughs> typical leverage buyout from billionaires from Sir Jim Radcliffe that would possibly allow the Glazers to stay in some capacity Ooh, that sounds like a rock and a hard place with there you, you guys in between now yes. what we've got and what we've got is obviously because Qatar or, you know, because Yasim is Qatari and mm. Paris Saint-Germain are owned by Qatari, mm-hmm. uh, have Qatari owners, people are beginning to put two and two together and getting 222 and saying, oh, if if, they have to, if PSG have to sell Mbappe, why don't they just sell him to the other 
club owned by Qatari individuals who have nothing to do with the Qatari state. You don't. That makes Mbappe to me seem like a piece of meat. I'm not too thrilled. I've described him. I've described Mbappe as not so much a football player as an aircraft carrier. Since since Mbappe renewed at PSG, he's an aircraft carrier rather than a. You know, you, you said this very, very well when the Mbappe deal got renewed last summer. Mbappe got talk, talked to by two different heads of state about the importance of staying at PSG. He's, mm-hmm. he's not a football player anymore. He's a political aim. He's a tool. Um, so so that's the situation. It, we don't know anything about the Manchester United takeover deal. It's not been confirmed. Both bids have NDAs involved. We won't know anything until the official confirmation. And then we'll perhaps get to look at whatever the rain group is willing to divulge. Um, and then PSG situation with Mbappe is Mbappe wants to be a PSG player next summer. PSG probably want to keep him. So now PSG have a choice. You either fight, you know, you either fight too thin else to get him to renew his contract, which he might not do. You either sell him for 150 million to plus to whoever wants to buy him, which we you know PSG don't want to do, or you risk losing one of three, which mm. PSG don't want to do. So I think no matter what happens, PSG, no matter what happens with Mbappe's contract, Mbappe is going to win. We, you know, we'll put the United stuff to one side. Let's talk about Mbappe in particular. What do you, the United what, no, stuff not even, not, not even presented what you, is even, way more sorry, interesting. Not even what you think is going to happen. What do you want to happen with Kylian Mbappe? Madrid. You, you want him to be a Real Madrid player? Okay. I, I want him at Madrid because I think that's really where he wants to be. So I want him to go where he wants to be. Forgive me for doing this. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you a tactical question about Real Madrid. How do you think Mbappe and Vinicius work? Mbappe plays nine, Vinicius plays on the wing, Rodrigo plays on the other wing, and it's fluid when it needs to be, and it isn't when it isn't. That's how I think it works. Mbappe does not want to play as the number nine. One of the the reasons why this is such a mess is because Sorry. No, no, just so. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm one, you know, I I tweeted this yesterday. No, 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 no. I was saying sorry to him. Like, that's just where you're going to have to play if this is where you want to be. I I just wanted to, you know just go full Brazilian Ronaldo and be the number nine. I know you don't want to do this. I know he doesn't want to do this. I know he doesn't want to be, you know, a bit like AD not wanting to play center. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want, he doesn't want that wear and tear on his body. And perhaps, you know, he, he doesn't want to much... be called seven feet. He wants to be six eleven. Yeah, I know. I know he wants yeah. to be six. You know, he doesn't want to call seven foot and he doesn't want the wear and tear on his body. He doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have to worry about hold up game and back to goal stuff. And wants to run into space, but just play as a nine man. <laughs> right, it's it. It would make his life way more easier, and you can make everyone's life easier. The positions on the pitch are just there; they're more there for defense than they are for attacking purposes. Anyway, you can drift to the left or the right if you want to. Just be central when we're pressing. This is it. He'll have the nine shirt because I don't know if you've seen what they've done with their numbers. But Vinicius now has seven. Rodrigo has eleven. And Benzema's obviously gone to Saudi Arabia, so the nine is open. It's either going to be Mbappe or Kane. I prefer Mbappe. But again, because I want M- Mbappe seems to me like a Madrid player. I feel like he wants to go there. I just feel like he's there are three forces at play here. There's what Paris wants. And when mm-hmm. I say Paris, I mean like the state. Yep. Then there's actually there's four. There's what the government wants. There's what Paris want, the club. Then there's what the Qataris want, which might be Manchester United, which might be Paris, which might be whatever. Then there's what Killian actually wants. And he has, you know, Emmanuel Macron telling him what's up. He has the Emir of Qatar telling him what's up. He has the presidents of however many clubs, Perez trying to work his deals in the site. Like, there's so many people with their hands in the pot if the pot is Killian Mbappe. 
that I feel like there's just so much at play that what he actually wants is secondary tertiary. Of course. Now, now, this now makes, uh, that, so, so, this so, man so, clearly so, wants peace, peace of mind and freedom. I'm like, my brother, you think going to find out Real Madrid? But I feel like <laughs> there's, 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 <laughs> there's been this ploy or this kind of narrative going around and that scrutiny that, won't be found at Real Madrid football well, no, club. Like, <laughs> like this is this is the thing though that because last summer was so toxic with Madrid fans, the guy that was doing tick tack tick tock, that guy, mm-hmm. El Chungrito, whatever the name of that show is, they were so confident and arrogant that Mbappe is coming, Mbappe is coming, that they basically sold every Madrid fan that Mbappe is coming, it's nailed on as a guarantee. To where now that he hasn't come or that or that he didn't come and he re-signed with PSG after a full court press by the French government and the Qatari government that he didn't go to Madrid. I've seen some Madrid fans that are like, we don't want him. He's a nuisance. But I guarantee you, if they saw Mbappe hold up the number nine shirt, do you know the rule I'm talking about where Madrid do all their press conferences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If he was there with his suit and he held up the nine shirt, it would be fine. It'll be fine. My the the larger issue for me is. What does he actually want? And does he know what he wants? I guess. And we know we can't answer these questions nine. here. And that's it. But say again. We, we all we know is he doesn't want to play as a nine and he wants to play at a team that's competitive enough to help him secure a ballon d'or. Well, he's not gonna get that at PSG. That's annoying, isn't it? I mean, kinda, but not really. He's been there for is this his fifth season there? I want to say he, he arrived with Neymar. And Neymar was 2017, if I remember it right. Yeah, but I, so, I remember him getting knocked out of the Champions League by Manchester 17, United. 17-18. 17, 18. 17 okay. 18. All right, then. So this was season six? Yeah, he's been there six years. He scored 200 goals in 260 games. That's insane, <laughs> I mean, his goal numbers, 21 and 44, 39 and 43, 30 and 37, 42 and 47, 39 and 46, and this season 41 and 43 with a World Cup in between where he was lights out. He's not going to improve on those numbers. And if those numbers aren't enough to help PSG win, Mm -hmm. then obviously it's not going to work there with you or whatever setup or the players that they have now. Look, it didn't work with Neymar and Messi with you. So I don't know how how exactly it's going to work elsewhere. I, so, for, so, 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 so for me, go terrible? where you want, and if you want to go to Madrid, find a way to find a way to get there. Macron has already done his his thing. He can't come back again and say stay again. I feel like that's a well you can only go to once. Look, I gave you an extra year, sir. <laughs> Miss you. Like, I'm not doing it again. So they could do whatever they want, but I'm going where I want. And if he wants to go to Madrid, go to Madrid. If it doesn't work. You're still what 23, 24? You'll be all right. Mm. It's not like a hazard situation. So I would tell him go to Real Madrid. It's the it's the club that makes the most sense. They they will suffer through whatever tactical problems you offer them for those goals. And Ancelotti's a cool operator. I don't think he'd be too stressed on Mbappe drifting left and making overloads on that side with Vinicius. I think they'd be fine with it. And Rodrigo would probably prefer to be more central than on the right anyway. Then who plays so, on the right? Guys, yeah, if you put Freddy Valverde in midfield, don't you? Who's that right back? Carvajal, he'd have to... He'd have to it works. And no, you have Ju- and you have Jude Bellingham? Bro. <laughs> to like, you can maneuver the midfield and the defense, and it'll, it can work. None of this works. 
Okay, right. The 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 level the level of squad composition on these super teams is on these super teams in particular. PSG and Real Madrid is ridiculous. And I think one of the problems of PSG, one of the problems of PSG is, and this feels sacrilege to say, and, and please forgive me, Uh-oh. there is a version of PSG that keeps Mbappe and gets rid of Neymar that gets better very quickly. Say that again? There's a version of PSG where mm-hmm. you go to, you go to, if I'm, if I'm, you know, one of these weird fixers that works at these clubs and I'm, highly connected whatever I go to Mbappe and I, I talk to him this summer and say look we're not selling you we're very much committed to making you stay and yeah the money's this the money's that but what we're going to do is but the reason why PSG have failed the last two years is because Messi, Neymar and Mbappe cannot play in the front three uh, it, it you know it, it defensively it's an issue and it causes really big problems for the midfield because the midfield has to cover your defensive burden the three midfielders cannot cover the defensive burden of three attackers Messi leaving makes things a bit easier, but what makes it very easy and very able to win a Champions League is if we have three midfielders covering the defensive work of Mbappe plus one, who also does some defensive work. Which striker do you want? We're going to try and get Neymar out of the way. <laughs> it sounds very sinister, Carl. <laughs> that, that's that's my that's my Ray Donovan that's my Ray Donovan pitch to Mbappe. We're gonna get we're, we're, we're gonna get Neymar out of the way. That's my that's my Ray Donovan. Uh, my, my 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 you know my Ray Donovan pitch would be which striker Neymar was Neymar was in his thirties and he he, he 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 very rarely plays more. I know a place you can send Neymar, Ray. So yeah, same place. Chelsea. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say where Benzema is. Anyway, no, no, no uh, yes. By oh, by by the way, uh, the striker that I want to see with uh, Mbappe, mm-hmm. Victor. Let's work that out at PSG. That's fun. That's fun. I want that's that. all I'm here. I'm just here for fun. Anyway, this is the Talk and Tactics podcast. We record this podcast every Tuesday. You hear it on Tuesday if you're Patreon. Actually, by the time this comes out, it'll be Wednesday in England. So there you go. Um, yeah. Carl, where can people find you? You can find my writing on the athletic, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm not telling you my Twitter out, but you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> you know what be... I was gonna say about when, when you were talking about the Qatari thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's believable on Twitter anymore. So you would think some of these accounts that have blue checks, you, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's a blue check. It's a verified account from some Qatari journalist. It could mm. be literally anybody who's decided to yep. give Elon Musk $8. And then, yep. be, and, 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 and then because that blue check has a level of credibility, I then think the message is credible. But who knows? Yep. So yeah, when, I was th- when, when you said there were... There were English papers reporting on Qatari papers saying that the Qataris have sold or do you know the word I hate? I hate set. Such and yeah. such is set to do such and such. So you don't have the actual evidence yet. You just think this might happen. But yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly what is legit on Twitter anymore because, you know, there's a certain think, Afrikaner who's just decided to... I think with, with, with stuff like... This is really difficult. We almost have to go backwards in terms of media consumption. We have to go backwards in terms of media consumption in that the news is moving so fast and there's so much misinformation, you now have to go back to the old school methods of... Newspapers. Newspapers, right? Radio or, or stations. The things, the things that are being double-checked and triple-checked before it's being put out into permanent print. Um, I'm not against I, newspapers, you know. I, you know. I love newspapers. Newspapers... Like I, a physical, I, tangible newspaper, not one on I, the internet. I buy the... I, you know, I'm subscribed to a local newspaper in Manchester. I don't always read it every day, but I believe local newspapers 
should exist. Worst case, um, you can put food in them. Yeah. And I think with the with these two situations in particular, with the takeover and with Kylian Mbappe, it, we are returning to an age of it's not real until it's on the club website. Because okay. Twitter, I can't believe Twitter anymore. I mean, okay, it's re- annoying because you might not find out until six months after your friend who was putting stuff in the group chat, but the stuff your friends put in the group chat now is... <laughs> the, ag- the aggregators are, are ridiculous now because the aggregators are citing people to speak not in English. Oh. And then I'm going, is this a legitimate report from Spain? Is this just someone else in Spain? Um, can you link me to the website? They're not linking to websites anymore. It's all a mess. Um, By the way, can yeah, you tell I'm, David I'm De Gea to wear sunscreen? I'll try my hardest. His shoulders look very red. They look as red as that live thing up there. All right. Big wrestling uh, fan. Big wrestling fan he is. Friends of Rey Mysterio. Interesting. I this mean, everyone's been... friends of Rey Mysterio. I don't know who that is, but there you go. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Talk attack this podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Links in the description. Peace, guys. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.